Week one is here for the Green Bay Packers. We made it, which means our first expert Tuesday, Pro Football Focus's Mike Renner is here to talk about the Packers draft, the Packers defense, the Packers offense, all the things. That's what we do on Expert Tuesday. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Really Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Touchdown! You are locked on Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski and I cover the Packers for The Leap, a newsletter I would love for you to subscribe to. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened. They want to know why and how. Thanks to everyone who makes Locked on Packers their first listen every day. We hope you like starting your day with us as much as we like starting our day with you. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their prize pick, projections you can win up to 10 times your money on an entry get a 100% deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on right now at pricepicks.com okay we have Mike Renner on the show today from Pro Football Focus Packers guy NFL Drafts guy so it's a great opportunity to talk about the rookies who are going to have a big impact on this team and some of the the new faces, some of the changes that are going to have to get made. So this is what we do on Tuesdays. We check in. It's not always a Packers expert. For those of you who are new to the program this season, if you are new, welcome. Thank you so much for joining us and being a part of this wonderful journey. That is the 2022 Green Bay Packers season. It will be a beautiful mystery, right? We don't know what's going to happen. We spent yesterday talking about the things that we know about the Packers, things that we don't know. And those are all important as we move forward here. But now it's preparation week. Now we know who's out there on the field. We know who's playing. We know who's not. The only player on the 53, according to reports from practice, Packers do not allow media during the team sessions, Al Lazard, the only guy. So he's the only guy on the active roster who is currently not practicing and Matt LaFleur said he's making progress, you know, according to at least one report, he looked good off on the side. If he can't go, I don't have to tell you, pretty big deal. This was the guy that was supposed to be the Packers' number one receiver this year. Aaron Rodgers, you know, uh, has, has lauded Alan Lazard. I have been his number one proponent since day one in Green Bay, thinking that he can do more than, than he was being allocated to do. I continue to believe that, but he has to stay healthy to be able to help this team. You hope that this is just, you know, he, he had a little tweak last week or whatever it is. Undisclosed injury. We won't know for sure what the deal is until Wednesday that first injury report comes out. And who knows? Maybe he'll be back at practice on Wednesday and there'll be no injury. I don't I don't know if that is officially allowed, considering he hasn't been practicing uh, based on NFL rules. But look, NFL teams, they they fudge these practice reports like all the time. So just be understanding of that. The other part of who was practicing and who was not, Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari were out on the field doing individuals in the part that was open to the media. And Matt LaFleur was asked about their availability this weekend. He only responded to the David Bakhtiari of it all 
which led some to conclude that that meant that there was some concern about Elton Jenkins, though I don't know that that's necessarily warranted considering he was doing team stuff and, and was doing, um, you know, sort of full practice um, last week and, and even before that. So David Bakhtiari was asked flat out by Rob Domofsky, uh, is it realistic to think that you could start week one? He said, yeah, I'll be on the active roster just like anyone else. So is that a, a ringing endorsement? No, but... Rob posted the uh, a story with a headline that that you know Bakhtiari says he's on track to to play in week one. I don't know he, he if he said that exactly, but that was the gist of the piece. And I wasn't in the room. Rob was, so you know we got you got you got to trust the reporter to do the thing. Look, I wasn't there, so you hope that he's just reading it all right, and that that Bakhtiari was like, yeah, look, I, I feel like I'm going to play. If if that's the case, and you have Elton Jenkins and you have David Bakhtiari, this is this is a really good offensive line, and I think you go in feeling almost irrespective of if Alan Lazard can actually go. Fine, like Romeo Dobbs is probably a good player, at least he has been one so far. And and Aaron Rodgers does not just throw a compliment lightly. And you add in what the, the rest of this offense can be, and what the defense you expect to be. This is this is one more thing that that we, it has to be said. I was talking to Luke Braun from Locked On Vikings, who we'll, who we'll talk to later in the week. Um, and I was talking to him for our Locked On NFL preview. And he was saying, you know, the media has been really kind of shut out about what they can report in Minnesota. And it's so funny because we know, we know what Kevin O'Connell's background, he's coming from the Matt LaFleur tree. He's coming from the Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan Tree, we know what they're going to look like offensively. Justin Jefferson has been talking about playing the Cooper Cup role. This is going to be the Rams offense. So that's not a mystery. I don't know why we're pretending that they're going to come out with some secret stuff that no one's ever seen before. They'll have some unscouted looks. Every team does in week one every year. But basically, we know and the Packers know and every team knows what they're going to be running. Defensively, same thing. Ed Donatel has been in the league for 30 years. And he was hired, he was brought in to call Vic Fangio's defense. Guess what? Joe Barry was brought in to call Vic Fangio and Brandon Staley. You know, Brandon Staley updated a little bit in LA to call that defense. Ed Tonadel didn't even do that. He was just doing, this is going to be a Vic Fangio Kabuki theater in, in Minnesota. They're just going to try and do the Fangio thing. And it's a new defense install. With, with some players who have never played it, who have never done it. And this early, that's when you want to do, when you, when you have a team with Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks and even Patrick Peterson and, and the, the, especially the front that this team has was Zadarius Smith now, Daniil Hunter, you know, Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter. They might not be 17 game players this year, but it's week one. The problem for them is they're adjusting to a whole new thing. And so you want to you want to get them early while they're still ironing out the kinks. And yeah, this Packers offense is going to be trying to iron out some kinks of their own. But at the same time, this is, you know, we're talking about year four with Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back MVP. No Devontae Adams, but he's been throwing the ball to Alan Lazard. He's been throwing the ball to Randall Cobb and Big Bob Tunney and Mercedes Lewis and playing with this offensive line and, and working with this coaching staff and this play caller. This is all time under tension. As my old, you know, high school coach uh, used to say the hay is in the barn in a lot of ways because they've already put in the work. They have the sweat equity invested already. And yes, 
you know, it's the same kind of way what they're going to run, but there's going to be tweaks. There's going to be adjustments that Minnesota hasn't seen. This is also not Mike Zimmer's defense. Ed Donatel hasn't faced the Packers twice a year for the last six years, seven years, eight years, whatever it is. So, I mean, what... there's there's this idea that the Vikings are going to have some like secret thing that allows them to put pressure on the Packers in ways that they might not otherwise. And it's just sort of like, no, we, we know what they're doing. And if anything, it's actually good for the Packers to get them in week one, because by week 10, by week 12, this defense is going to have a much better idea of what they're doing. The Packers offense is going to have a lot more stuff scouted. This is the time to catch this Vikings defense for the Packers offense. Because there are some, there's plenty of talent on that Vikings defense. And I think the same is true of the offense, although it's going to be a lot of the same bones. It's still Kirk Cousins. It's still a new play caller. It's still a guy who's never been a head coach, who's who hasn't been a full-time play caller, certainly was not doing that in, in his McVay time. So I, I, I don't, I, this is like a, a long aside, but I just don't buy the value in all of that. Christian Watson is, you know, hopefully was the word Matt LaFleur used when asked if he's going to be able to go this week. He's been doing everything that that is right. I think hopefully was the wording that he chose because the Packers have been burned now on in these injuries a number of times. They're just going, yeah, we hope. We hope he can go. As of right now, my expectation would be he can go. We thought he was going to go in the third preseason game. They ultimately said, and eh, let's not rush it, but... We've not heard that there have been setbacks. He's he's continued to practice in the aftermath of not playing in that third preseason game. So I don't think there's any reason for concern. I think the same is true of Elton Jenkins, who was making what seemed like linear progress toward playing. I don't think this idea that, that Matt LaFleur didn't answer a question about Elton Jenkins should lead us to believe that all of a sudden he's got this setback. I think I think that's that's reading a little bit too much into the situation. We'll see... Today, we'll see tomorrow, we'll see see what's on the injury report, we'll see where these guys are, we'll see what kind of participation designation they have. But if David Bakhtiari is doing teams, he's a full participant. Like, that's usually where this designation breaks down is. If you do individuals only, you're a limited participant, and if you do team, you're a full participant. That's generally how this breaks out. That means David Bakhtiari is going to be a full participant in practice this week, assuming no setbacks. If I'm the Packers, what am I waiting for? It's been 18 months. What am I waiting for? I understand you want to be patient, but but now it's time to go. See if the knee can handle it. The only way you're going to know for sure is if he plays. And so he seems like a guy who wants to get out there. Champing at the bit to be out there. And if he's a full participant in practice, is he if he's able to do that, and get through a week of practice, and now it's multiple weeks of practice. I don't know why you wouldn't put him out there. But I'm not the Packers trainers. I'm not the Packers coaches. I'm not the Packers front office. I I expect them to be more cautious than I would be. But if I'm them, at a certain point, he's had enough rest. And you have to see what you have there so you can make these decisions. If you think there's a high chance of re-injury... Get him out. Like, you need to keep sitting him. But if the question is, oh, we're not sure if he has the stamina, if he's quite in the, you know, the peak football shape, okay. If you have to take him out, take him out. You have Yash Nyman, who you have a lot of faith in. Just put him out there. Put Bakhtiari out there. I understand 
you know, it, it, Daniil Hunter and Zedaria Smith, that's a really good edge rusher group to have to go against. It's not like you're going to ruin David Bakhtiari's. I mean, we're talking about an all-pro. This is David Bakhtiari. This is the guy who shotguns beers courtside at the Bucks games, who drives around in a tricked-out uh, go-kart at, at practice, golf cart. It's practically a go-kart. You're not going to hurt his confidence because injured in a game or coming back from injury, he's a little rusty. I don't think you're going to mentally, you know, debilitate him from that. So I'm just, I'm not worried about that stuff. If he wants to go, if he feels good and he's healthy enough to practice and your doctors are like, there's, you know, not a, not a chance of re-injury. It is a stamina issue. It is a, is he in game shape issue? If you think he can be a useful player out there, put him out there, put him out there and see what he's got because you have a capable backup. If he needs a break, if he needs a series off, put Yash Lyman in. You feel good about that. That's fine. And as long as you're not risking new damage or a, a setback, and presumably he wouldn't be practicing if that were the case, then I don't know what else you're waiting for. Now, I, again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not in that room. So I, I can't comment on like the nuances of it. But from where I'm sitting, if he's practicing and he feels like he's good to go, at a certain point, you just got to see. I think that's what Detroit was last year. I mean, he practiced for like three weeks before he, they actually put him out there. And, and that was for a reason. There was swelling. There was, there was fluid issues. And he just couldn't, he couldn't do it. But that was useful information. Okay, he can't do it. You need to go have another surgery. You need to have another thing. I, I think we're in a similar situation now. Okay, he's recovered. If the doctors think he's sufficiently recovered, he's had time, he's, he's at a low injury, re-injury risk, then let's see what he's got. And if it is the case that, you know, they, there needs to be a cleanup or something, then at least you know. I'm not advocating, you know, adding risk or or anything like that. If, if he checks all the boxes and the only thing that's left is just like, well, we want to be super, super sure. That that can't be the reason he doesn't play. This is this is like low-key a pivotal game, and his status is really important to this season. So figure out if he can go or not. Figure out if he can be the guy this year or not. And then you have to adjust accordingly if you need to. I think there's benefit in that. Again, this is just me from the outside. People with the medicals, you have to trust them to do the thing, especially this is a coaching staff and and a medical staff that has been um, famously cautious. I almost said notoriously, and I don't even think that's fair, but famously cautious about injuries. I, as a player, I would appreciate that. But if you're David Bakhtiari and you're going, yeah, I want to play. I think I'm good. I think I'm ready. And, you know, I just need, I need to knock off the rust. But physically, I'm okay. And the doctors say, yeah, physically, he's okay. Let him play. Let him play. All right, we're going to get to Mike Renner in just a second. Before we get there, let's talk about our friends at Prize Picks, a great daily fantasy game. It is so much fun. You put an entry in, Prize Picks has player projections. And you decide if you think a player is going to produce more or less than their projection. So Aaron Jones has a projection for week one. A.J. Dillon, you can pick two to five players. And you think they're going to score more or less than their prize pick projections. And you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry, depending on what you pick and who you pick. You're not competing against other people. You're competing against the projections. Prize pick says, here, here's the number. And you're either right or you're wrong. And then they decide how much that risk is worth it. 
They've got NFL, NBA, baseball, hockey, golf, college basketball, soccer, esports, NASCAR, tennis, disc golf, Euro basketball, cricket, safe and fast withdrawals. And there's currently over 30 states in Canada where you can do prize picks right now. Download the prize picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with promo code locked on. If you deposit $100, prize picks will give you $100. You deposit 50, they'll give you 50. And don't forget to use the promo code locked on for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Joining me now from Pro Football Focus, returning to the show, Mike Renner. Mike, it's good to have you here. 2022 seems to be, I don't know, weirder than other years. We, I guess we say that every year that this is going to be like a wild year, but but more has changed for the Packers than we've, we've seen really since the Mike McCarthy, Matt LaFleur changeover. Just like aesthetically, what are you most looking for in terms of how this team is going to look different? Like, what are you like, okay, I'm really excited to see them figure this out or do this thing. I guess their defense, right? This is the talent-wise on paper, most talented defense since they won the Super Bowl. And it's kind of what everyone's been saying. You know, the excuse for Ann Rodgers every year, why hasn't been back to the Super Bowl? Defense, the defense, the defense fault. And it, and it has been, like, truthfully, like a lot of those losses in the playoffs have been on defense, obviously the last year being the lone exception over the course of Aaron Rodgers' career. So do they have, like, is it going to live up to that? Because, you know, I think every Packers fan has, like, you know, PTSD from this defense, but just it should be a top three unit. Like, it should be, there's no excuse for it not to be sort of thing. So that's why I'm excited to see how it actually does fare once, you know, the games are real. I'm so excited to see the defense, not just to see if it lives up to the hype, but just because there's so many fun players. Like it's the most fun defense they've had in a really long time too. And, and you know, you, you riled up some Packer fans when you said it was the most talented defense since 2010, but I, I think you're 100% right. And I think you can make the case. It's actually a more complete defense, at least than the, the one that we saw throughout the season, right? They lose Nick Barnett. They lose Morgan Burnett. If those guys had played, maybe we're talking about, you know, something that's closer, but the, the talent is really, um, fun. You are, um, or spend a lot of time on the draft for pro football focus. The Packers had an interesting draft. Now that we've got to see these guys in the preseason, we get to hear the training camp reports. We get to read all the tweets, which is the best part of training camp. <laughs> uh, has anything about how everything went down changed the way that you view this draft as a whole? No, I don't think so. Um, I think both players, you know, both first rounders are kind of, I don't say as expected coming out the gate, but Quay Walker is going to be fine in that defense. A lot of people hated the pick. Maybe it's not the best value, but when you get a guy his size, his athleticism, who's one of the best tacklers in that defense, he's going, he's going to be fine. Like he's going to be a massive upgrade from what they were throwing at times last year and just allow you flexibility to be, um, just a sort of base D all the time and not have to really be changed personnel um, to have, to have more static looks, to not have to match everyone and, and get some of those secondary guys in the field that maybe your backups in the secondary, you don't want to be having on the football field. So I think he'll be fine. Wyatt's probably just going to be a sub package rusher. Um, the wide receivers, the one kind of guy that I really thought stood out more and is more ready to play than I even expected was Romeo Dobbs. Like, I think that's the hype surrounding him that's you know crescendoed this preseason i think it's real to yeah. a degree i don't think you can fake a lot of the stuff he's done and just all of a sudden turn into you know 
uh, who, who was the guy for the Eagles a couple of years ago who then had two good games and then just fell off face, face of the earth. I don't think that's going to happen. That's Romeo Dobbs. Travis Fulgham, who's now back Fulgham, with the yeah. Packers, who's on the practice squad, uh, yeah. coincidentally. Um, and there are a lot of Packer fans who were like, how did they let this guy go? And then he has three good games, like you said, and has not been heard from since. And he's yeah. been on, this is his third team in like 16 months. So uh, yeah, the, the Dobbs thing is, is really fascinating to hear Aaron Rodgers, not just not criticize rookie receivers, but to speak glowingly about rookie receivers is like, okay, is this a new Aaron Rodgers or is it because these players really are different? We're, we're probably not going to know the answer to that until we actually see, you know, them actually play some games, which is, by the way, how we should evaluate rookies is once they play, not training camp. Um, it is what, what are your expectations? Your one for Christian Watson. That's tough because he's really behind the eight ball from uh, just even seeing the field standpoint. And when you're not, you know, getting those reps, you're not getting the trust from Aaron Rodgers, and you're not getting the guy to go to bat for you and sort of say, you know, we need him on the football field. So I, I think at best you see him as a big play, you know, he's out there when they're going shop, shop play sort of guy seeing the football field. So maybe, you know, 20 catches for 400, 500 yards is probably what you're hoping for something in that range. I, I don't think we'll see much more from him as a rookie than that, just because of, you know, missing that much training camp and kind of who he was coming to the offense he did where he didn't have to, where it wasn't a pass heavy offense where he's not running, you know, uh, and doing things you'll have to do at the NFL level. I, I do think he's just, was always going to be a guy that took longer to develop. He was probably the, the one guy in this draft class who could not afford to miss two weeks of training camp. I would just like the reality it. was he needed every single one of those reps, didn't get it. And now he's behind it. He's behind Romeo Dobbs. He's behind three other receivers, at least. What did you think <laughs> of the Sammy Watkins signing when, when it happened? I thought it was like the start of things to come. I thought they were going to add a few more guys than just Sammy Watkins in free agency, but uh, Watkins is, it's never been talent related, right? The issues with him, you know, as well as documented his, you know, lizard people off field stuff has been documented. And <laughs> we you know, had tied on the show talking about it. That's robbed him. But I mean, he has ball skills, he has body control. He, he's been able to get open. I mean, he burned Richard Sherman in the Super Bowl, you know, a few years ago. Like that doesn't happen on accident. I, I do believe in the sort of renewed mindset that he has being impactful. Now, is he, your number one is he replaced Devontae? No, but is he better than? Can can he be a number two sort of like type of wide receiver and be confident in that role? I for sure I think he can still do that. He's not that old, you know. Right? He's he came out in 2014, but he's still like what 28? I think he's still yeah, 28. Not be on the downside. He's career, about to turn 29, but yeah, not even 30. Yeah, yeah. So I I think he can be your reliable at least sort of wide receiver on the outside. So this running back room. It has been the the subject of a lot of conversation, um, not the least of which has been on this show because I'm I'm sort of obsessed with the idea of them playing two running backs more often. Aaron Rodgers has now talked about this. He's brought up 21 personnel. The pony package is back. Uh, and that both of these guys, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon, could catch 50 passes in this offense. This idea of getting best 11 on the field is a, is a Matt LaFleur staple. Uh, do you think that the the best way for this team to manufacture offense is by getting their running backs more involved in the passing game. I'll just say, I believe it more when I see it or, or I'll be on board when I see it, just because how many, how many teams at the NFL level in modern football 
have deployed two running backs in like a way that's actually like fearsome to opposing defense. You know, yeah. it, it just hasn't existed. So that's why I, I would love, I love it in theory. They are, like I said, two of your best 11 for sure. No one's debating that, but how to scheme running backs out of the backfield has always been a point of contention um, at the NFL level in terms of featuring them in the passing game, just because running back targets swings out of the backfield, that sort of thing are far lower stakes or far less explosive plays. Like it might as well be a run a lot of times featuring running backs in the passing game. So uh, if there's anyone that can do it, it's Matt LaFleur. He's been great about doing so when he's had to over the course of his coaching career. But until, you know, until precedent has been set, I'm going to err on the side of that's probably not where you're going to re- want to rely on consistently for offense. I'm with you. I, I, like, I think there's reasons to be excited. I think Matt LaFleur, we saw in 2019, like if you're the Ben Baldwin did a great study on running back targets and found that basically they're most useful if you're if you can actually have a running back who you can target down the field. Like Avin Kamara can run routes and he can run wheel routes and you can create explosives. If you're not creating explosives, there's really not a ton more value. Like it'd be better to throw to a receiver in those situations than a running back. That's just what the numbers say. So yeah, I'm, I I like I I like the idea of it, but I'm I'm also like you waiting to see it. Like let's see what they can do. But I'm excited to see what Matt LaFleur can do because as you said, it's like Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay. If anyone can do it, it's like one of those groups. Maybe maybe add in Andy Reid there. Uh, Zach Tom is someone who has come in and, and played really well in camp um, in preseason. I think he was the only offensive lineman uh, with qualified snaps who did not give up a pressure in preseason, and he played a ton. Uh, what what did you think of Tom coming out, and and what have you thought about him in what we've seen in the preseason? Yeah, I was probably. I mean, there weren't too many people who were big fans of him than me. I think for the sort of for the athletics consensus board, I think PFF's board was actually the highest on Zach Tom of anyone. So he was 62nd on the PFF draft board. Obviously, falls nearly 100 picks later than that. I didn't get it either. I, just, I thought the guy could pass protect. Like the guy could straight up pass protect in his sleep. So he did against Jermaine Johnson. Did against everyone Wake Forest played last year. Is he strong? Is he moving people off the line? No. You're going to worry about him one-on-one on the edge, like bull rushes out the gate, probably a little bit. It's definitely, he's not going to not never allow a pressure, but the skills that go into high end pass protection, whether it's, you know, agility, hand usage, um, just having multiple tools in your arsenal in terms of pass sets. He had that already. So I, uh, I was a big fan of his. He is one of their five best offensive linemen right now, even at full strength, truthfully. Um, so I'd be curious to see where, how it does shake out because I do think he needs to be seen in the football field. So that leads to my next question at full strength. What do you think this best five looks like? That's tough because I think you still want Elton Jenkins and David Bakhtiari at tackle. I don't think you want still a rookie at tackle, but I used to think right guards by Zach Tom where I would slot him in. Now we didn't play their preseason, but he's played enough all over that. I don't think it's that big a deal. So I would put, that's where I would go. Um, him at right guard, uh, John Runny at left guard, and then uh, obviously I'm blanking on Josh Myers at center. So. I'll be interested to see. Like we we didn't see we didn't really know what the deal was when when Bakhtiari or I think it was Billy Turner missed preseason um, in 2020, and Ellen Jenkins was out there right tackle week one, and we had just no idea that he was going to mm-hmm. do that, and he did it. I wonder if it's a similar situation this year with John Runyon, who you know they're giving Zach Tom these left guard reps. And then all of a sudden we see week one, let's say the tackles Who's are healthy be? and it's John Runyon at right guard and Zach okay, Tom at yeah. left guard. I think that's, I think that could be in play. Like, well, that's just one of those things that Matt LaFleur has tucked in his pocket 
to sort of keep there. I, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm interested to see what the deal is there. Uh, defensively, love the starters for this group. Five guys that are, they're really good. I think it's as good a five as any team in the league has. The question is, what do you do after that? Like if there are issues, apparently Russell Douglas getting moved to safety could be part of the calculus here. I think they're one, they're one defensive back short, whether it's a safety or a corner. What say you? I agree. You're just thin. And it kind of goes back to what I said about not wanting to get out of, you know, just staying in nickel as much as humanly possible. Right. Because as soon as you go to dime, you got a guy you don't want on the football field on the football field. So I think that's going to be the plan of attack for the Packers this year is staying in that um, and then being able to match with that because that feel great about that when that is the case. Like that, that lineup that's out there when you're in nickel is blow for blow with anyone in the NFL in terms of every level. But then that sixth defensive back is just, there's no one you feel good about right now putting in there. So that's kind of the worry. I think pass rusher is another spot on the edge. It's Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, and then a bunch of guys that you probably would rather be fourth or fifth edge guys for you. I don't know if there are people out there that that they think can help them. We'll see if there's a Whitney Merciless out there that eventually gets, you know, bought out or or traded for nothing. Um, I'm sure Green Bay would be in that market. But if this group is healthy, it can be really good. And Rashawn Gary seems primed. I mean, they couldn't block him in training camp. Aaron Rodgers mentioned it. Like teams are going to have to have a plan for this guy. What what do you what what do you think is a reasonable expectation for for if there's a Rashawn Gary breakout, like how good can this guy be? Yeah, he could be top, what, five, edge, top 10 edge pretty comfortably. That's the caliber of just athlete he was coming out of Michigan. It's super explosive. And it's why, it's why teams would take a chance on those guys because this is what it looks like when it hits. And he doesn't need a lot of moves. And, and yeah, he was kind of feast or famine. He did beat up on some rough tackles like in the playoff going against Tom Compton, a backup, I believe it was like, yeah, that's not going to be every week, but I do think he's never going to have, he's not the kind of rusher that's going to be a real boomer bust. Like he's not going to swing wildly because when you are a pocket pusher type of guy, like he is, you're at least going to collapse the pocket to a degree. And so you've got kind of two of those big long guys now on the edge and Preston Smith and him that the only worry is like, how much are you going to play them? You know, are you going to give them 900,000 snaps in a season and try to wear them down? Because, you know, when Kingsley and Agbury's out there, when Jonathan Garvin's out there, when Tippinale is out there, it's like, uh, it's, it's a different caliber. Like you're, you're not nowhere near the same teeth. So I'll just be curious. That's the one thing I'm worried about. I'm not worried about how well they're going to play. It's just, are they going to get run into the ground with the lack of depth? Yeah, I I compared it last week to Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City. Like you have to stagger those guys. You cannot take them both off the field at one time if you can avoid mm-hmm. it. Like one of Preston Smith or Rashawn Gary needs to be out there always because if you're yeah, if you've got Tipanaliai and Jonathan Garvin out there, like teams are just gonna like feast on that kind of stuff. All right, you've got uh, a lot cooking at Pro Football Focus, including a new cool thing. So let my listeners know what that is, and then um, where else they can find the stuff that you're doing. Yes, debuted a new podcast called Talking Ball and just debuted a new daily show that I'm doing Trevor Sigma here at PFF called It's Just Football every day at 11 a.m. Uh, we'll be doing live show for 45 minutes to an hour talking just should anything comes up in the world of football. So check both of us out. Talking Ball and uh, former former uh, Lockdown Podcast Network veteran Trevor Sigma. So, oh, yeah, uh, love out. that. Uh, Mike, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on. For sure, Peter. Thanks for having me, buddy. All right. Thanks to Mike Renner for joining the show. Always great to talk to our pal, Mike.
I missed the long hair a little bit. I have to be honest, but a lot less maintenance, I'm sure, on on what he's got going there. I was joking with him before we came on that you know my hair was not cooperating when we were doing that interview, and I was just like, man, I'm jealous that he, he just like he just gets to wake up and it is what it is. I, I might have to go to it. I might have to go to it. Don't tell my wife. I might have to go to it. If you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you're depriving yourself of one of life's great joys. I had one yesterday. I'll, I'll almost certainly have one today. By the time you've listened to this, I will have had a cookie dough chunk puff. They are in my cabinet. I love them. I love them so much. 160 calories and 15 grams of protein, but covered in 100% real chocolate with actual cookie dough puff. Plus, of course, you have the protein infused marshmallow, which is the puff part. Unbelievable. They're, they're so good. And so good for you, the collagen protein, which helps your body absorb it more efficiently. This is the good stuff that also tastes good. Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 at built.com. And thanks for making Locked On Packers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, the Locked On Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Locked On Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Locked On Bets, all combined into one ultimate NFL preview. Just recorded mine yesterday with the NFC North. It was a lot of fun with those guys. Search for Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. All right, back tomorrow. We are Zhao Yu doing back for another year i confirmed with our pal Zhao over at uh in, in milwaukee formerly in green bay we're back for another year so great to have lily with us and so we will have her on the show and then crossover thursday and then our live show on friday 5 30 central 6 30 east to have a lot of fun to hang out and to do what we do every year every week every year in the regular season and talk about injuries answer your questions, and have a lot of fun. So follow us on YouTube, Locked on Packers. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. I will tweet out that link. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers.